Just pretend for Christ's sakes. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford and I'm joined as always by... I'm Chad Oliver and power is when we have every justification to kill and we don't. I'm Mark Wallington and you think that's power? Uh, yeah, that's what the emperor said, so... Oh, yeah, Cody. I'm, can I go back to what you said earlier? You want us to pretend that this is best pictures? Uh, well, first of all, I want to. For Christ's sake, know- Mark, were you even listening? <laughs> That's bad. First of all, uh, <laughs> what what was y'all's bit? What was the bit? I don't get it. What was, and what you, do you know, mean, comedy is uh, w- comedy is always better when it's explained. That's just a fact. That's just like an out of the gate fact. Well, like, so so I had a better bit lined up and Chad didn't like it. So we changed. Well, it it involved me uh playing the part of a Nazi shooting him in the head and I didn't want to do that. Okay, so I also we don't went like that. with I, this I appreciate one. But what is this a quote from the movie? Yeah. Yeah, it's a quote okay. from the movie. This it's is, a very good quote Schindler from the movie. And Rafe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad you boys got together and did some uh some you guys got the Chad we and Mark acting rehearsed, together. We rehearsed, rehearsed our lines for like that's why it's taken so long for us to get together to record this episode. Right, right, is right. because we've been rehearsing mm-hmm. nonstop for this part. Listeners don't know that we delayed recording this episode for two days because me and Chad didn't have the timing right on that intro. Right, and I think we nailed it. Is all about timing. Yeah, mm-hmm. comedy is all timing, and you guys did say it. Well, and it did take up time. We. Cody, well, you keep Cody, using the word comedy, and I think you're misunderstanding what we did at the beginning. Oh, so it was, it was, it was, it was theater. drama. It was like it was drama. drama. Yeah. Cody, Cody, mm-hmm. do you know what the secret to acting is? Timing. Shit, I, I fucked it up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm not positive on that one. So this is Best Pictures. This is the podcast where we workshop theater. We just start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We have a script. We work out our theater. We try and find um, just depth within our characters. We try and reach into our souls and just mm. bring performances out. This is um, uh, this is the fourth episode. And as you all know, the first three were about whether or not it's spelled R-E or E-R. Um, but now that that's settled, we're here to talk about another movie. Right. So whew, so we're going to continue doing our scene. Um, our scene this week is um, we're going to be portraying the role of three podcasters. White um, podcasters, specifically. Yep. Podcasters uh-huh. who love movies. Right, mm-hmm. right. So we're going to portray films. those characters. Films. I call them um, films. Yeah, films. Because that's Definitely what they're films. called. Movies Definitely is, films. is juvenile. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Brian said, yeah. you need to watch films, not movies. Now, um, for for those of you just now listening, uh, Brian is Cody's very cool neighbor who loves very cool neighbor. good loves films, films. films. Um, Quentin Tarantino, right? Um, Orson Welles, Paul Thomas Anderson, Orson Welles, some more. Um, Morrison Welles, Morrison Welles, as they say. So we're going to be portraying yeah. those roles. Um, we're gonna, only real those, film connoisseurs know about Morrison Welles, so. Right, the um, Con- connoisseurs and wells, <laughs> precisely. Um, yeah, so he's a car- very he is one of the film connoisseurs. Is Jesus Christ? He is the original. <laughs> yep, film. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so those characters were. He died be- for our cinema sins. Wow, I okay. That was a good joke. I I can't I can't get mad at Mark for interrupting me. That was a good joke. That was a very good um, joke. 
Thank you. So our our characters on this episode of theater um, are going to be delving into Schindler's List. So that's the performance we're going to uh, put on. Right. So um, um, as I said earlier, starting... I'm Mark, and I'm playing the role of Mark. Okay. And I'm Chad, and I'm playing the role of Cody. <laughs> nope, nope, no, 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 no. Here, here, hey, Chad, let me yeah. hand you the other script. Again, oh. We got to mix that. Oh, shoot, Th- this because we're yours. we're all recording together in the same time yes. zone. We're in, um, we're in the okay. same black right. box theater. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I will be reading as Cod. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct. 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 Um, can I give you a note, Chad? Or Chad? Can I give you a note? Yeah. Um. Try like a soft CH. Mm, no. <laughs> okay. That's fair. I just wanted you to, to ponder it. Um, you know. You know what they say: of the most important rule of uh, theater is no move um, on. No and. <laughs> no, but. No. Um, and I'm Cody. I will be portraying the role of Cody. Um, now, uh, yeah, I'm glad you took over because I didn't really want to take on a character so unlikable, um, so unsympathetic, <laughs> and um, so interruptible is so basically interruptible. His, bi- his biggest quality. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just demands okay. the mic, and so he just <laughs> wants to be interrupted. It's like he's begging for it. So, um, um, But yeah, I think you have the first line, so uh, you, you go ahead. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, best no, Cody. Says, sorry, sorry. In the script, <laughs> the first line is just pretend. You know the for best Christ part sakes. about theater, Mark. You know the best fucking part about theater is when Hamlet walks on stage and is about to say his line, and then another actor is like, "Yo, yo, yo, wait." Actually, though, um, what the fuck do you want to say? I was just gonna point out that the first line in the script is uh, "just pretend for Christ's sakes." Okay, well, we already did that one. We're just um, picking up where we're going. Also, Cody, like theater. Cody. Yep. <laughs> Have you seen yep. any movies lately? Um, well, we're not to that part yet, Chad. You're skipping ahead. We You're are on page three. Far- <laughs> we're on page oh, one. Shoot. I got it mixed up. <laughs> okay, so let me say. <laughs> Do you my guys line. ever worry that people won't like this podcast because it doesn't make any fucking sense? <laughs> I never worry about that. Um, so this is Best Pictures. This is the podcast where we talk about our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. Um, so each year we talk about five movies. The first three episodes are mine, Chad, and Mark's pick for what the best movie is of a particular year. Uh, episode four is about what won the Academy Award for that year. And then episode five is about the Razzie. This is episode four of our 1993 series. Um, and so uh, I'll tell you what we're talking about in a little bit. Going to leave some mystery. That's one of the tenets of theater. But you know, they first, say drama, comedy, mystery. But first, Cody, <laughs> have you seen any yes. movies lately? <laughs> yes. Um. So I hopped off my couch onto Netflix. Um. That was meant to be a party in the USA thing, but I didn't do the cadence right. Um. I hopped off the couch to Netflix. Yeah, let's work on it. Workshop. That's what that's what art and theater is about. So hopped off the couch to watch Netflix Fuck. with my to popcorn watch Netflix. and my cardigan. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's still the cardigan. You keep the cardigan. Right. Look it's the to best my lyric. left. Look to my left and there's a blanket right beside me. Look to my I right and I'm feeling kind of horny because this is Netflix what? and chill time. Not just <laughs> Netflix time. <laughs> All right, okay. Hey, let's save this for the next podcast. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah, because the next movie is pretty horny. Um, uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I watched the movie The Meyerwitz Stories. Meyerwitz Stories. Unsure how to pronounce it. 
Um, it's on Netflix. It's a movie from Noah Baumbach, who has directed... Um, did he direct Francis Ha, Mark? He did. Um, he did. Cody, I'm looking this up, and uh, I can't find it with that title. Is there a longer title? <laughs> Fuck you. It's called The Meyerowitz Stories New and Collected? New right? and Selected, I think. New bad and title. Selected. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad title. Yep. The, adding all the extra stuff definitely makes it worse. Um, but... It um it's on it's a Noah Baumbach movie. He's directed a bunch of movies. He's pretty good, um and it stars um uh, Dustin Hoffman, Emma Thompson. Cut to the chase. We're, who are we really talking about here? Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler and, specifically. Oh, is this like a Happy Gilmore too? <laughs> kind of, uh, except not at all. Um, okay. good to know. Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler both are incredible in the movie. Like it's a well acted movie. It's it's. It's surreal to see Adam Sandler. I, I've seen Ben Stiller try to do like, um, not try. He's succeeded, but he's done serious stuff before and is very good. And obviously, I've seen Adam Sandler do it before in Punch Drunk Love and stuff like this. But he's just uh, he's incredible in this movie. Like it's it's kind of next level how good he is. So um, I imagine there's a lot of like the the low volume Adam Sandler like. Um, I got all these these pudding cups and uh, travel miles. What blah, 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 whatever he does in Punch Drunk Love, that that um, flavor of Sandler. That's a pretty good impersonation. Does honestly. does he ever delve into the oh doo dooby doo? He doesn't he, do that. He doesn't do that voice, but he does okay. get loud, yelly uh-huh. Adam Sandler quite a bit. Actually, like in the first scene. Yeah, in the first he, scene. He, Interesting. Yeah. So, so they use so the he, full range of Sandler. Yes. Yeah. And they use it that. Well. I love Punch Drunk Love. I think this may be a... I think Punch Drunk Love is the better movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is the better Adam Sandler performance. Ooh, now I'm going to watch I would it. Say this is I, also the, I would say this is also the better movie, but I don't love PTA stuff, so... I would have to rewatch That's it. That's parent-teacher associations. I... <laughs> God. Um, I, I like this movie, like, a lot. Um, they do kind of... It's like sort of vignette if you remember the word vignette from our it's days. It's my least favorite episode. word you've ever said. Um, it's the it, Vin Diesel um, movie about the monster in the um, mountains. Yetis. Yes. Vignette. Um, so, um, so, so it kind of like pretends it's separate stories, but it's all pretty connected. It's, it's very good. It's on Netflix, and so just watch it. That, that, that would be my recommendation. Um, um, C- Cody, I want to ask you this. Is it a good performance for Adam Sandler, or is it a good performance? I think both. I legitimately think both. I think it's gr- a great performances all around. Emma Thompson is in it and plays the character she does in Harry Potter, basically, which was yeah, an but, odd move. But <laughs> so I, I also watched this movie. Uh, her reasoning for being like that in this movie is she is an alcoholic who is constantly drunk, yes. as opposed to being a um, just a. <laughs> Aloof witch, a quirky, yeah, yeah quirky professor. Dustin Hoffman's mm-hmm. also very good in it. Like, and um, who I don't know the actress who plays their sister, but she's very good in it. Um, yeah, I didn't recognize her from anything. Me either. Um, but she's very good. So yeah, if you have Netflix, watch it. Like, it's very good. It it's it may be the best Netflix released movie. Uh, I think it is. Um, well, if you could consider Stranger Things a movie, which it is, um, I would nope. say nope. No, nope. but <laughs> no, nope. come on, um, it's not. 
Uh, so Mark, the actress that plays the sister is Elizabeth Marvel. Yes. I also really liked, liked Grace Van Platt, Grace Van Patten, who plays Adam Sandler's daughter. I thought she was really great. Yeah, the the acting is like superb from top to bottom. Um, it's very very good. Um, Mark, have you seen any movies recently? I wanted to talk about um the best movie that Netflix put out. Um, <laughs> no, they, no, you can't, you can't claim that. No, I can't claim that. I watched this movie and the Meyerwood stories back to back, which is um, a which weird was double weird. bill. I'm talking about the Babysitter. The McGee horror comedy? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would call it a horror comedy. Yeah. Um, is it more horror or is it more comedy? Uh, it's, it's like kinda, a, it's, I would it's, say it's a, it's a really lighthearted horror movie. Okay. I think it falls slightly more on the comedic edge. I think it's trying to be funnier than it is trying to be scary. You say trying. I'm assuming, you mean, I'm assuming you mean not succeeding. Mark, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna let Mark talk about it. But so I, okay. so I can completely understand why people would dislike this movie. It's very stylish in a McGee way, where like someone told him what style was, so he tried to do it. It's like <laughs> it's like McGee is trying. It's like McGee watched Baby Driver and was like, "Okay, my turn." Um, and he's yeah. kind of bad at it, but he's also it's fun. Like his style is um like it's. It's like Baby Driver for dumb people. Well, uh, um, Mark, not even I, saying you have to be I, smart to like Baby Driver, but it's Baby Driver no. for dumb people still. I think I think Mark, you're you're hitting on it sort of with the Baby Driver comparison, but I would say Edgar Wright in general because there yeah, are yeah. some very Shaun of the Dead attempts in this movie. Yeah, I um, would I would I would probably agree that it's closer to Shaun of the Dead or uh, Into the World or whatever the movie was called. Yeah, um, it also does some Scott Pilgrim-esque shit where, like, words pop up on the screen and stuff oh, like God, that. Oh, God, fuck every word that goes on the screen of that movie. Like, yeah, it's pretty Like, bad. at one point, um, one of the characters, like, picked up a knife and, um, like, freeze frame, words big on the screen, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. calm down, dude. <laughs> that sounds um, very, very bad. It's yeah. very bad, but, like, all of the acting is really fun. Literally every character is just, like, kind of just, like, fun. Even like the murderous characters are just fun. This this is where I splinter from Mark. I think it's a pretty fun movie, but I think the supporting characters all suck. I think the two main people are fun and interesting, and then like Bella Thorne's character is obnoxious and like Was she the, the cheerleader? Yes. I can uh, see that. I I really liked the uh the football player character. Yeah, he got a bit weird with it. It was interesting. I, I liked how weird he got with it, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I meant weird in a compliment way. Yeah. Um, so you liked it, Mark? Yeah. It's it's just like dumb fun. Watch it with someone and talk about it while it's happening. Right. It's that it, kind um, of movie. Yeah, I think it was fun too. It's also on Netflix. Easy to watch. Um, what else has Mick G directed? I know he did Terminator Salvation. Um, Charlie's I, Angels. Italian Job. No, actually, I thought he did an Italian job. That was not him. That was um, the guy that did, uh, what's his name? He did um, Straight Outta Compton. And F. Gary Gray. I also Gray. get them confused. <laughs> yeah, which, like, I probably shouldn't. No. Um, but, but so so McGee got his start because um, he's friends with, um, yeah, Mark McGrath. That's right. Jesus Christ! Um, so he got his start doing Smash Mouth music videos, and hey, idiot, um, Sugar Ray. Yeah, well, he also did Smash Mouth music oh, videos. Did yeah, he do uh, right. the All Star music video? I no. think he won an award for 
maybe not the all-star music video but he okay. won an award for a smash mouth music video yes and i'm looking at it right now i'm good. looking at it right now it's the why can't we be friends them covering that song is what he directed but this is what's most exciting Oh shit, he's done three songs that I dig because they're very 90s. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Um, so he did Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Nice. Which did, I would say that Mick G is Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Right. Uh, he did Every Morning by Sugar Ray, which is a song <laughs> I love. And are you guys ready? I need you to buckle up because the other one he did is. Wait, 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 wait. Click. Okay. Click. Or Click. Um, another Adam Sandler joint. Um, he <laughs> that he movie, like, I'll, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. But the movie Click made me cry actual tears when I saw it the first time. Uh, continue. Th- that's insane. It's a shit movie. It is. Uh, it is. I'm not proud of it, but like, it, was, it hit me on a bad day. And yeah, the dad, you, the dad you. scene in that movie when he like relives the last time he saw his dad, it really. All right, it's so I, I have I have also cried during shit movies. It's okay. Yeah, me too. Um, so the other music video that Mick G directed was "Bare Naked Ladies." One week. It's been a it's long been. time that we've been talking about this topic. Yeah, it um, really is. here's my Mick G fun fact: when he was making a movie once, and he refused to fly to Australia, so they let Brian Brian Singer come in and make Superman Returns instead. <laughs> Wait, wait, what? That I got that straight from Wikipedia. So he was going to direct Superman Returns, which was yes. a weird bad choice. Uh huh. And then they got well. Brian let's Singer. not pretend like Brian Singer was a good choice. No, no, no. Also a bad weird choice. I um, mean that movie. That movie's fine for Singer. It's oh, well, sure. Yeah, but it's the best Superman so movie, and like since the first one. Not no, Man of Steel is a better movie than Superman Returns. Um, hot but takes, he hot didn't takes, wanna, hot takes. He didn't want to fly to Australia. I know that's pre-production. <laughs> that's pretty buck wild. So he was like, I, you know, I don't have to make this movie. <laughs> that's so insane. It's ridiculous. Wow. Also, did you know? Just, did you guys know the, that he um, released a bunch of like Christian videos uh, back in like the nineties called uh, McGee and Me. Chad, what movies have you seen recently? <laughs> I saw Happy Death Day. Uh, Happy Death Day. It's basically Groundhog Day 3 because there have been two unofficial sequels and it was very good. What, Chad? See, when you say there's been like three, right? There's been way more than that. Um. Okay, actually, this would be ground. I can think of Naked and Lived, I Repeat. Um, uh, before from recent I Fall. Memory. I don't know that one. I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, well, source code, exist. maybe. Source code, definitely. Except uh, source code, like they explain why it's happening in terms of like it's science. They do right, that in right, Live, right. I Repeat, sort of. Yeah. 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 So, but anyways, how about it, so is, th- happy how about death it day. uses the conceit of you're reliving the same day instead of just calling it Groundhog Day. Uh, because uh, Groundhog Day, uh, first it was released in 1993. I considered it for my favorite movie until I realized, oh, other movies came out that year. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's good. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It, I think it has I some. Seen it. it has issues. Um, a lot of like it's like the classic like oh, Bill Murray learned what love is, but really he just learned what manipulation is. Um, mm, and he uses yeah. that to get that uh, t- 
tale. Um, but I love how th- we all pretend Bill Murray's like the greatest dude of all time. Yeah, there's like He's something about him like abusing his spouse he and beat saying, his wife. "I should have, yeah, I should have." You're lucky I didn't kill you. Like that's not yep. great. But hey, yep. hey, hey, he's really great in those Wes Anderson movies. Um, Cody I, I, just drowns himself in the trash can. Guys, this is already the longest podcast of all time. Let's speed it up a little bit. Yeah. So, Happy Death Day. Very good. Very fun. Really caught me by surprise. Uh, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you know that I rated it four and a half stars because I really, really liked it. It was the most fun I've had in a horror movie in a long time. It wasn't the best horror movie I've seen in a long time, but it was definitely the most fun I've had in a long time. Yeah, it's really fun. Like, like it feels like Pitch Perfect and that it's just a fun college movie sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it truly is. Like, um, Anna Kendrick would have fit into this movie well. She actually would have. That's actually a good call. Um, the main character's name is Tree. Mm. Yeah, that was the half star <laughs> that the movie lost for me, was uh, pretending yeah. Tree is a name. Um, is yeah. Tree short for something, or, or is her father a crazy person? Um, right. I say her also, father because I don't speak ill of the dead. Spoiler, her mom's dead. Um, yep. If someone in the movie had been like, Tree, that's a weird name, I'd be like... Yeah, mm, five stars. Five-star film. Yeah, five stars. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I mean, it does happen. They call her Teresa at a, a couple points. Oh, they do? Um, oh, it's a nickname. Yeah, yeah, it's a nickname. Okay, but it's I'll still, uh, it, update my letterbox right now. <laughs> <laughs> that That is still a weird nickname for her. Um, yeah. But no, I am going to upgrade good. my letterbox uh, as we speak. All right, awesome. So... I love it because it feels like a horror movie that's not made today. It feels very 90s a la Scream or something like that because it's a fun horror movie. Like, I love horror movies. I go Mm -hmm. see horror movies a lot. But even the super good ones are a bit, like, dire and depressing. This one's fun literally the whole way through. This was the most uplifting horror movie I've ever felt and the best I've felt at the end of a horror movie. I was smiling probably of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, At a certain point, she just stops caring that she's dying, and that's just that's when the movie really hits stride as being something special and amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's very good. It's also like a like a slasher, which we don't see a whole lot anymore, and especially like it's a like a PG thirteen slasher. Like that's doesn't happen much. Yeah, I didn't know it was PG thirteen until they didn't ID me at the door, and because um, I got that sweet baby face. Um, but yeah, See, I, I literally until I was PG walking 13. in, I didn't know it was PG-13, which it really surprised me. About an hour into the movie, I was thinking, like, why didn't they say fuck there? Yeah. Um, oh, shit. They yeah. haven't said fuck at all. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's really the... the all this violence like, sure is implied. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I there's was, no blood. I was very confused when there was, like, essentially a nude scene, but they didn't show anything. I was like, wh- why is this Why is this in here? Cody yeah, wanted to like, see that booty. from the back, from no, the waist up. Yeah, that's that's not even what I meant. It Cody just wanted to see that, that booty. Hollywood, no. are you listening? <laughs> no, Cody wants to not, see more booty. That's not what I'm saying. I was just saying, well, like I'm they, saying it for you because they, I can read into your subtext. It's part of our theater training <laughs> is reading between the lines. Uh, yeah, into motivation and character history, uh, stuff like that. So you're okay, welcome. So do you, so do you guys want to get into this movie? <laughs> Because it is a long movie. Um, this podcast yes. is going to be longer than Schindler's List, and by that I mean too long. Um, <laughs> yep. Nah, we'll we'll speed through it. Yep. 
um, because it's depressing and we won't want to talk about some of it. Um, so let's get into the movie. So 24 years ago on the day of the release of this episode, right, Mark? This podcast, yes. 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 Okay. So on October 23rd, 1993, the Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series with a walk-off home run. And elsewhere this year, a young man named Steven Spielberg was hitting a home run of himself, a double home run, as people in baseball say, uh, because he released <laughs> he released um, the biggest movie of all time, and he also won or at all time at that point, and then he also won the movie that won the Academy Award for Best Picture that year, and that is the movie we're discussing this week. Uh, it is our fourth co-host, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Uh, they have picked Schindler's List. So, uh, Academy, tell us why you picked uh, Schindler's List. Uh, what, what's your history with Schindler's List? Oh, well, you see, uh, Schindler's List was something that I saw most of. I fell asleep during uh, the Jew parts. Of course, of course. How could you not? Um, um, yeah. Hey, hey, it, hey, can I ask a question, Academy? Yeah, sure thing. What's that? Why have you hired George Lucas as your mouthpiece? Um, well, I'm friends with, uh, with Steven, uh-huh. uh, so I figured who better to talk about, uh, the best movie of all time than the person who inspired him to make this and all of his other movies. I, nope, George, uh, I don't, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's ha- quite how it went down. Well, regardless, the Academy told me to say that. <laughs> I don't think they did, George. Don't no, think they I'm did. I'm their mouthpiece, so I'm pretty sure they did. Hey, George, uh, are, I'm assuming George, this is you... 1993 version of George Lucas. You bet. So uh, hey, you working? Over. You working on the uh, the prequel script right now? What prequels? <laughs> Star Wars oh. is over forever. <laughs> so hey, hey, George, why are you shift? Like, why are you transforming into Jar Jar as you speak? Uh, Misa not doing that. <laughs> okay, well, there it is. Okay, we'll see you later. We'll we'll handle the episode from here. Um, hey, yeah. ah, shit, he's gone. Damn it. <laughs> oh, oh Mark, you just, you just walked in right as, right as the Academy was leaving. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I had to grab something. Uh, uh, oh, okay, okay. I just, okay. I just saw George as I, as I walked back in here. Oh, okay, and we're so used to seeing stars. Um, yeah. He'll be back, he'll be back for the, for the next Oscar pick movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> okay. So, so this is just a bit we're doing now? Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's not cut into know. any bits. We'll see. Um, so had you guys seen this movie before? I had not. Um, the only thing I knew about this movie was the fact that Jerry Seinfeld made out with a lady uh, during this movie in the movie theater, and Newman told on him to his parents, and his parents were very upset. Okay. Mark? Um, in ethics class in high school, they tried to show us this movie, and we got about a third of the way through it because our classes were an hour long. Yeah, yeah, um, they, uh, they didn't think that through. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. The teacher was like, "We'll show the rest of this later," and then didn't. Yeah. Um, oh, I... and then I've saw, I've I've also seen. Um, there was a scene that my pastor showed for an example, like as like a demonstration scene, um, mm. that. I watch it and I was like, "A, this movie is better than I remember than I thought it was going to be." And mm. C, um, I mean B, um, this is a this is inappropriate. Yeah. What was the scene? Um, it was the scene where Schindler spoilers 
at the end, he's like, I could have saved more. This car, I could have okay, sold this car that, and saved more. That makes a and lot of my, sense. We'll talk about it. Pa- we'll talk about it later. But like that literally made me think of like um, sermons I've heard. Uh, yeah, problematic my, sermons. My, uh, yeah. my pastor was like, this is how I feel every day. And I was like, you realize that the, the point of this mm. scene is that like he did save a lot of people <laughs> and that he should be happy that he saved enough people. Like he saved the people that he did. Got interesting. Interesting. Um, so I had seen it once before, um, just like bought it and was like, oh, I probably should watch this movie and watched it. And uh, it's not easier to watch the second time. It's still just as long and it's still as like hard to watch. Um, mm-hmm. But let, let's set some context for this movie. So we've already talked a lot about Steven Spielberg in our Jurassic Park episode. He is making this the same year that he's making Jurassic Park, uh, technically afterwards. Um, but um, he's like doing uh, post-production on Jurassic Park as he's directing this movie. Which the post-production um, is probably the most impressive part of that movie. So he's doing yep. like two of the most impressive things in his career at the same time. Yes. Um, it was written by this guy named Steve Zalian, who uh, wrote the movie Awakenings, which is um, that's a movie with Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. That's about uh, catatonic patients, like in a in a like a is it an insane asylum? Like that's what I had heard about, um, it, but I'm not I th- sure. Okay, no, no, it's about a doctor who finds a cure for like a sleep paralysis. Or, like, that's like, what it is. Okay. Like there was this disease where people would fall asleep and never wake up. And the doctor finds a cure. Got it. And it's about one of the people that woke up. But also, literally, in 1993, this same exact year, he wrote and directed Searching for Bobby Fischer, which shares an actor with this movie. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, yeah. So, uh, what is Searching for Bobby Fischer? Um, I actually literally just finished watching it. It's about a chess prodigy, not Bobby Fischer. But it's about this, like, seven-year-old kid who is, like, amazing at chess. And it's, like, Ben Kingsley is this chess coach that, like, pushes him too hard and, like, basically makes him, like, lose interest in chess because they push him so hard. And they're, like – and then uh, he's, like, I hate chess now. And his parents are, like, all right, you don't have to play chess anymore. And he's, like, JK, I love chess. (laughs) I just hate – I just hate the way that Ben Kingsley wants me to play chess. Interesting. It's really good. It's good. Okay. Uh, then he went on to like write "Girl with a Dragon Tattoo," "Gangs yep. in New York," uh, "American Gangster," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um. So let's get into the plot. We'll talk about the actors as they come up. Um. So in Krakow, is that how you pronounce it? Krakow. Krakow. Um. In Krakow during World War Two. Um, it's po- a- the the city is named after a sound Batman makes when he punches people. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that uh, that tracks. Krakow. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so in Krakow, during World War II, Polish Jews are forced into the Krakow ghetto. Um, Oscar Schindler, played by Liam Neeson, who is not a huge star at this uh, point. He had been yeah. in some mainstream stuff. He had been in some like like mainstream stuff, but like nothing that was like a big name movie. He was in uh, the fifth Dirty Harry movie. Apparently, there were five of those. Who knew? Good lord. Yeah. Um. He was in. He was in a, a Sam Raimi movie, um. But Spielberg saw him on Broadway, and that's why he wanted him for this role. Hmm. Interesting. And then uh, you know what he's been in since then. You know who Liam Neeson is. 
Um, he he's a good friend of our uh, boy George. Um, not not boy George, but our no. boy <laughs> George Lucas. Um, um, he's also a good friend with Spielberg. He turned down the role of Lincoln in Lincoln because he thought he was too old. Interesting. I would have liked to see his Lincoln. Not that Daniel Day Lewis was bad. Obviously, <laughs> it's Daniel Day Lewis. But like, I think uh, Liam Neeson could have done well as Lincoln. Um, he's got the kind of yeah. like tallness <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> uh, he's a very tall tall the, man the lincoln voice very well because like yeah that's true. um liam neeson's american accent to me is like the the quintessential i'm i'm a british person and i'm doing an american accent yeah you're probably right um, so he plays Oscar Schindler, who is a German and a member of the Nazi party. Um, so Schindler enlists the help of Itzhak Stern, um, who is played by Ben Kingsley. You know him from a million things. He played Gandhi one time. Um, he also um, was the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, except, spoiler alert, he wasn't actually the Mandarin. Twist, 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 twist. He was I, also in Ender's Game with our boy Harry. Oh, our boy Harrison Ford. Um, we got so many boys I, on this podcast. We have lots of friends. Um, so Anybody so, we've talked about before is our boy. Friend of the yep. show, Harrison Ford. <laughs> friend of the show. Um, so Stern is a local Jewish official. Um, so Schindler wants him to help run a new enamelware venture. So like pots and pans, shit like that. Yeah. Um, so Schindler wills and deals people um, within the German government. Um, he also he also raises he gets um, local Jews to give him money because right. he was he was he's basically like look Jews aren't allowed to own businesses and your money is going to be worthless in the ghetto so you might as well give me your money and I can give you pots and pans. Yes, and I can also give you jobs, etc. That sort yeah. of thing. Um, so he pays off important people to look the other way. He hires Jewish people because at that time they it cost a lot less to. Yeah, like, the way they them. the way they put it, it was like they were paying the Nazi Party instead of paying right. each individual Jew. Mm-hmm. And um, so so to be clear here, the reason he's doing this isn't because he feels bad for Jewish people. Right, it's because it's because it's it's free money. Basically. It makes a lot of like financial business sense. Yeah. And that that's what I find so interesting about the beginning of this movie is like Schindler's not doing it cuz he's necessarily I don't <laughs> think he's I mean he's a Nazi, he's a bad guy. But yeah. there there is like part of him like he's not the worst guy. Um but he's not by sure. any stretch of the imagination a good guy. Do oh no, I like I, I hated yeah. Oscar at the beginning of this movie. He cared about like efficiency. Uh, right. and that's like, yeah, as problematic, if not more so than like yes. it being about yeah, yeah, yeah. hatred is just like this, like right. non care. Like, I don't care. I don't care about you. I just, I just want to make money off of my, my yeah, business. he, I mean, when people think of the Nazis, they think of people who just wanted to kill Jews because Jews needed to die. But like to, to Schindler, the Jews were just like a tool to be used. Yeah, he didn't right. like, he didn't hate them and want them to die, but right. they weren't necessarily people to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I probably phrased that poorly, but what I meant was like he's our protagonist in the beginning, and yeah. he's a shitty dude. Yeah. Um. He's he's not acting. There's no save the cat moment really at the beginning. No. Um. But the fucking next two and a half hours, he saves every single cat that walks past him. So you know. Well, a lot of cats die in this movie, Cody. <laughs> okay. Yes, but I meant structurally. Anyway. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so, so what Stern's trying to do, though, is hiring people purposely to save him. So, like, he'll see somebody mm-hmm. who, like, is going to be ruled um, unfit for work. And he's like, ah, no, sh- you can come work at Schindler's Place. Um, so then our... Schindler does not like this. No, but he also kind of allows it at the same time. Like, he's not a huge fan, but he's like, well, whatever. Um, so then our villain of this movie, in so much as there's, like, a hero villain, um, mm-hmm. is... I will say that there very much is. Right, but everyone is great. Well, not everyone, but Schindler's great is my whole point. Well, and of course also, everyone's gray, Cody. It's there's no color light. in the whole Fuck movie. Um, so... Amon Goth, um, he's played by um, Ray Fiennes, um, who or as Cody call or as Chad calls him, Ralph Fiennes. Like, okay, it's spelled. I mean, Ralph. no, no. Also, also, as I do for a split second every time I see the name, I'm like Ralph. Nope, Rafe. But like, his name's Ralph, though. Mm, nope, <laughs> it's Rafe, I guess. Um. So he. Uh. Um, was he in a ton before this, Mark? I don't think a lot before this. No, this is kind of his breakout role. He might have been in some British stuff, but yeah. he, this is kind of what made him a thing. But like, um, after this, he was in a bunch of stuff in the 90s. He was in Quiz, Quiz Show and Strange Days. I've seen Strange Days. I watched that this past week. It's a, it's a weird movie. Um, He's the star of it, right? Yes, it's a Catherine Bigelow movie that's about 1999, and it was released in 1994, but they were acting like the technology would be, like, so far advanced. But the political stuff it's saying in it, which is, like, everybody's going to be filming each other, and that's going to, like, break things wide open, is actually pretty, like, poignant for nowadays. Um, But everybody who's listening knows him as Voldemort. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Like that's that's what people know him as. He's also in um, Chad's favorite franchise, James Bond, as replacement M. Uh, once um, sure. Dies. I thought you were gonna start that sentence off by saying he's in my favorite director's most recent movie, The Grand Budapest Hotel, which he's fantastic in. Um, well, Mark didn't put that in the notes, so take that up with Mark. Um, Mark, that's like my sorry. favorite. Ralph Fiennes. Uh, performance of all time. You know what I did put in the notes? Um, he co-stars with our boy Liam in Clash <laughs> of the Titans. Release the Kraken! Do you remember... <laughs> hey, guys, do you remember the memes? Guys, of do you remember... I, remember I the memes. completely, like... Like, I remember them now that you say that, but, like, I never could have conjured up the memes on right. my own without you. No. That's, that was, like, a weird block I had on those memes. I, like, rem- there, there's no way to, for me to think of the word... Clash of the Titans and not yeah. here release the Kraken. Do you guys remember when you would like fucking open a door to your like <laughs> fucking middle school and would be like, oh, release the Kraken. Yeah. Like shit like that. Yeah. 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 We were That's little great. assholes. Um, so speaking of assholes, Amon Goth arrives and he is a real ass- asshole. Um, Spe- uh, also speaking of assholes, I had a friend in middle school who would fart Wait. and he would say release the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good one, though. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, so Goth is there to build a concentration camp. Um, so he finishes building it. Um, do we want to talk about his character? Because his character is... Well, he played... really likes to kill Jewish people. He really enjoys it. He, mm-hmm. um... It's like a hobby of his. Yeah. yeah. It, 
but the way he's portrayed is pretty interesting because he's not he's got a sinisterness to him Mm -hmm. but he's not he's not like physically imposing do you get what i'm saying like he's very like he has a little belly to him i think i read that rafe gained 30 pounds for this role Interesting, but Weird. but he's also but he also still comes across as pretty like skin like skinny yeah like, like, like he's got a belly yes but he's he's like slight and like um, he is in, he's like more he's imposing not muscular than he per is. se. Do what, Mark? He's not muscular. Right. No, but but Schindler is a more imposing presence than Goth is, but Goth is doing like do it like doing horrific things like he is being evil um yeah. and he's personifying evil and i just think it's interesting because a lot of times the instinct is like the villains like the huge massive dude who has to be overcome and this is a kind of quiet I mean, just odd dude um, well he, his his power is that he runs the concentration camp right right right, right. like yeah. it, it's not that like he can beat anyone up it's that no one can stop him Right, because because mm-hmm. he literally gets power. the only people that think he's evil are the people he's killing. Right, who have absolutely no power. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Um. So once he finishes the concentration camp, he orders the ghetto be cleared out, which is a pretty intense um, and also very long scene. But it, it, it's hard to watch. Um, they're clearing out the ghetto, shooting and people. If, if you'll. N- if you'll notice in this scene, um, it's a little fun fact about the scene. Uh, there's a huge like goof. Uh, they forgot to take out the red in this girl's um, jacket. Great joke. Great and joke, yeah, like it's it supposed to great. all be black and white. And it totally yeah, ruins great. like the fourth, great. just shatters the fourth wall. You're like, oh, I'm watching right. a movie now. It's I completely. Was, I was reading somewhere that George Lucas was trying to um, digitally Spielberg yeah. to make a digital uh, uh, a new edition where they fix that goof. But uh, Spielberg but, is just is it's the final product. It's the, the final product. The bigger so. goof in this movie is they got through filming half the thing when Spielberg realized the black and white setting and his camera was turned on the whole time. Oh man! And so they. <laughs> tried to digitally restore it with the red but it just like ah this doesn't look good and said so, but they they did it with all their like backup footage and so they didn't have any of the black and white to go back to and then the whole production of this movie was a mess um you know just I'm glad a, you just said that cuz i just kind of assumed that they accidentally sent the film to the bracket, the black and white printer instead of the color printer they just like forgot to hit the the options um and it already yeah. like they were like oh man we don't have any time to stop it and start it again so yeah it was it was, so it was a little of this, a little of that. <laughs> nope, nothing to add. Um, I'm trying to lighten the mood because I don't want to no, talk no, no, about it's, all the all, it, the, all yeah, the dead people. No, it's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> hard to watch. It sucks. Yeah, it really um, it really sucks a lot. Um, a, a real production fact about this scene, though, is um, not that the other ones weren't real. Right, but, um, right. That's what happened. They did read a history book. Ent- they did shoot this entire sequence in order, the, like the ghetto sequence. They really? shot it, yeah, they shot it in order. I learned that from the HBO Spielberg documentary that I watched this weekend. If you're um, playing uh, oh. Cody Bingo, um, that is the new piece on the board, um, <laughs> s- the Spielberg documentary. Well, because he's, uh, like, inarguably the greatest filmmaker of all time, but it's fine. An um, argument could be made, but sure, go on. Nope. Well, inarguably. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull happened, and that's a bad, 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 bad movie. Oh, sure. He made a bad movie. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Look at how many good movies he made. 
Um, Let's not pretend like he made one bad movie. He's he made a couple. always yes. been Sh- making them. Sure, but he also has... Yeah, it, was movie, it was a joke about the movie Always, which he made that was bad. There is a uh, AFI's 100 Greatest Movies of All Time list, and he has more films on it than literally any other director, including like Hitchcock and people like <sighs> Five movies. Five movies. Yeah. If, I had, yeah. if I had five movies people even fucking saw, I would think it was impressive. And he's the greatest filmmaker of all time. He doesn't have to be everyone's favorite. But he is the best. He has the most. It's a gut career. thing. It's not a stat thing. It's a gut thing. For favorite, for greatest, yeah. it's a stat thing. Sure. Yeah. You, you okay. Win. So, <laughs> do you want to talk about all the death and and d- destruction and dismay in the scene? And not I would, really. I would literally rather talk about the, <laughs> the eradication of entire. Um, uh, Genocide. I would, I would rather talk about genocide than this conversation anymore. <laughs> Just because I've had this conversation a lot with you, Cody. That's true. I'm not wrong. Um, so uh, <laughs> in this in this scene, um, we, we talked about the red coat thing. There is the girl in the red coat. So I guess now would be yeah. the time to kind of like talk about, like, what do you guys think is the significance of it? I can tell you what Spielberg says, which I find interesting. I don't think it's what the movie makes me think it is, but he's got to be. I mean, the, the obvious thing is it's an identifier so that he sees this little girl later. Uh, and he remembers her, mm-hmm. you know? but he doesn't so, like, do anything the, at the time, which is right. interesting. Yeah. He doesn't do anything at the time. And later we'll talk about like that destroys him. Um, yeah, he, he, well, we, we can go ahead and skip to that. So yeah. later uh, he sees, um, uh, goth is burning a bunch of the Jewish bodies from yep. the the um, from the ghetto, and he sees the red coat again. Mm. So th- th- this little girl has died. That was like the biggest turning point for Schindler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he starts like uh, cranking up his like save all the Jews um, mission to hundred um, percent. Right, and he does as much as he can at that point, but then still feels like he didn't do enough in the end. Um, so to to me, yeah, Chad, that that's all it really serves as to me. Like it's an mm-hmm. identifier. It, it's it's signifying like his choice, right? Yeah, um, and it functions but, very very well as that. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it works too. I don't know if it's worth breaking the color rule that he said. I think there's other ways mm-hmm. to signify a girl. I I don't know. I don't hate it. I really don't. I, mm-hmm. I, I like it. What he says, what it's meant to represent is the rest of the world turning a blind eye on the shit that was happening in the Holocaust. Because, like, people knew. Like, America knew we just, well, according to Spielberg, I don't know. I haven't done the historical thing or historical okay. research into it. Walk uh, me through how the color red signifies that. I, I don't think it's the it's the color red specifically. I think the fact that she's highlighted is supposed to be that because it's See, Schindler looking at her and then not doing anything right. until it's too late, which is what his argument is, which I, I see. Think, I don't think the movie necessarily gets that all the way across. I think that the whole movie is about that. Yeah. And I think that mm-hmm. she is an example of that, but it's not like the reason I, I decolorized her was to symbolize the entire world. Um... Uh, ignoring her like that 
it doesn't. Yeah, I mean the the scene super work like the that. scene and the circumstances do that. The choice to make her coat red doesn't necessarily like there are other ways to have done the exact same thing without changing right. the plot of the story. Um, so I think it's it's it, it's interesting. It's his intent, so that mm-hmm. is what like he wanted. But I don't think that necessarily gets across. That being said, I like the red as a signifier. I think it yeah. works. Yeah, it works I like well. it too. There are there are a lot of things that George Lucas or er, fuck, um, Steven Spielberg. You do not do give him movie. undue credit, sir. You give him credit yeah, for the original it. Star Wars and nothing else. <laughs> Red Tails, <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> no, he produced that. Mm, yeah, but, um, um, I get in trouble sometimes talk. because people get mad at me at how little credit I give George Lucas. Um, but you can't anyway. give him credit for Schindler's List. The movie <laughs> yeah, is friend made yeah, all on his own. <laughs> It was it was a slip of the tongue. Um but Look at this, I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that Spielberg does in this movie that like is very intentional and is a really bold decision and I respect mm-hmm. his decision and I think his decision works but I don't I it doesn't work for Mark. Yeah, do we want to talk about another one of those choices he does? I he, have uh, like three or four of those choices. But well, yeah. you know what? Let's finish the plot. Let's finish yeah. the plot first. Yeah, that's, we'll what I was, that's what I was going to do. Because like, I, I think the decision to shoot in black and white is like this. Uh, they're like The length of the movie is a, is a choice that he made yeah, intentionally. Yeah, true, 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 true. Um, so let's let's finish the plot. Okay, um, so... Well, one, one quick thing. Um, I yep. think it's worth pointing out that up until the... I think it was really up until the burning of the bodies... Um, Schindler had been like annoyed with Goth for killing all of his workers, um, but like it was his his argument was always strictly like a business. Like I'm losing money here because you keep killing my best workers. Yeah. Uh, that turning point becomes like he starts seeing them as people. I think the girl in the red jacket is like a huge. This is a person, and this whole thing is very fucked. Yeah, and I think I think using children is a really good example or a really good way to kind of show that for cause, because children are always like children are innocent by definition, and killing a child is like killing innocent people. And what a Spielberg um, move to to use children. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. That's like I was um, thinking about how weird it is that Steven Spielberg made this movie in a lot of ways, but that is a Spielberg move. Like it doesn't feel like a Spielberg movie to me at all. Spielberg tried his best not to make this movie. Yeah, he didn't want to. Um, Spielberg Spielberg asked. Um, so this script was given to him, or this this the idea before this movie was presented in 1983, 83, and he was like, Jeez. "I'll get around to it eventually." Hmm. Um, and he tried to get Scorsese to make it, and Scorsese. Well, Scorsese, so first he what tried are you doing. Sorry, I always fuck that up. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna so, like play you saying Scorsese over and over again because why? last episode I humiliated. Not, well, I humiliated you, and I think it's only fair. I don't think we have to do it at all. I'll just do it at so the end he, of the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he tried to get Roman Polanski to make this movie, and he didn't want to because he's a horrible human being. Um, he tried to get Sidney Pollock to make this movie, and he didn't want to. He tried to get Martin Scorsese. You happy? Scorsese. I'm very happy. And it feels more like get, a Scorsese movie. He tried to get Martin Scorsese to make this movie, and he, Scorsese was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Um, so in 1988, Scorsese was attached to direct it, and then Spielberg was like, I think if I don't make this movie, I will regret it for the rest of my life. So yes. he was like, so he was like, hey, he was like, Marty, I will let you make Cape Fear, 
if you let me make Schindler's List. Interesting. Cape Fear would not have been a good Spielberg movie. Um, what I would oh, also well, not have actually, been a good Scorsese movie. Burn. I think, it, I think Scorsese fine. is not a, f- a friend of this show. <laughs> yes, he is. Neither is um, Kevin Smith. <laughs> well, actually, Kevin Smith is. Or Mike um, Pence. Oh, Mike Pence is not. Is not. Good. Not you a friend one. of the show. Okay. Um, so uh, in the Spielberg documentary, Take a Shot, um, he Spielberg <laughs> Spielberg does talk about the what you were saying, Mark, specifically. And basically the reason he didn't really want to do it is because at the time he didn't feel connected to his Jewish, Jewish faith. He mm-hmm. kind of, he was like bullied for it, wh- like growing up. And so he always felt ashamed for it, uh, ashamed by it. So he didn't want to like embrace it so much. He was like kind of like mm. wishy-washy on that, which I found pretty fascinating. Is like, so this movie was also him like embracing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, and I, I saw that uh, this was, uh, I get all of my info from Wikipedia. I'm sorry. Um, but apparently he started to see like Holocaust deniers get like more of more attention. And he, so he was like, what the fuck? So he decided to make like the definitive Holocaust movie. Yeah. Um, and in response he did. to that. Yeah. Glad he did. Uh, maybe it's fucking time to do Schindler's list too, I guess. Oh, Hey, <laughs> let's not though. <laughs> um, um, side note, Richard Spencer looks exactly like, uh, goth in this movie. And he stole his haircut. That's all I have to say. Um, I have one more thing to say. Richard Spencer, go fuck yourself. Um, uh, hey, I got one more thing to say. Hey, Richard Spencer, go fuck yourself. Oh, I feel like I'm being left out here, and I want to make sure that I also say that um, because Richard Spencer can fuck himself. Yep. Um, and I didn't want to go silent through this. <laughs> yep. Here we go. Yeah, um, if the two of us had said it and then Mark had it, it's like, it would have mm. been a real choice. If I had been over here, like, mm, no comment from Mark. <laughs> um, okay, back to the plot. So Schindler sees the ghetto execution, the massacre, and is very bothered by it, but he still tries to maintain a friendship with Goth basically to keep his scheme going. Um, we see many ways Goth is an asshole. He's a dick to his maid. He shoots people for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Schindler gets Goth to build a sub camp where Schindler's workers can work. Um, so, but then Goth has to shut down the camp. He's supposed to ship everyone off to Auschwitz and Schindler is like, oh shit. And at this point he's, oh shit, because like he's he's losing his workers, but he also cares at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the help of Stern, he assembles the titular Schindler's List, two and a half hours into the movie, um, uh, of people to save. Um, it's, it becomes around 850 people. Um, women, for a second, get sent to the wrong camp, but Schindler goes and gets them back. Um, so then it, the movie's kind of a, in wrap-up stage at this point. Schindler, he's spending money to pay people off. He's bribing people. He also, like, is not making any usable arm armament, armaments. Jesus. Um, so he's lost all of his money. Um, but then the war is over. Um, the G- Germans are going to come in and kill all of Schindler's workers, but then Schindler gives, a, like, a a speech where he's like, you have the chance to go home as men today um, or you cannot go home as men. Um, 
so they don't kill everybody because they're like, ah, oh, we probably shouldn't do this. Schindler also says, um, I'm a war criminal now, so I'm going to get out of here real quick. Yeah, so he flees. Um, the Jewish people thank him. Uh, they give him like a ring, right? Yeah, they I make one in the yeah. in the factory and they give it to him. Um, so and then this is the part where he's crying because mm-hmm. he like has this car that he didn't sell and he was like, if I sold this car, I could have saved two more Jews. Mm-hmm. And if I had done this, I could have saved two more Jews. And he's like, there are like there are so many people that I could have saved, and all of the people are like, but you saved us. And that yeah. should yeah. seem worth something to it's, you. Yeah. Like it is interesting. Like he's looking at all of his possessions and like assigning like lives to them, which is like challenging in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's what we sort of touched on at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I say the beginning, we were probably 20 minutes in at that point, but we were just yeah. starting to talk about the movie um, where, yeah, we had heard Mark. You said you had heard like a, a pastor use this as like an example of like this is how Literally I feel every this day. Clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is a lot. Yeah, that's a yeah, lot of it pressure. Was, it was You'll a go lot. insane and if you think about it, that. And after church, me and my my whole family was like, "That was weird, right?" <laughs> and we were all like, because when I watch this scene, I like, I'm not like, sure, I'm empathizing with them, but to some extent, I'm like, you shouldn't feel bad because you did plenty. Like, you did right. more than most people. Right. Like, be glad that you saved as many as you did and right. don't regret the fact that you couldn't have saved one and, more. And the movie does that for us, too. Like, the, the all the time you, we spend on Schindler's grave with the lives he saved, like, they'd start yeah. putting the rocks on his grave all of, to show all respect. All of the time that we spend on that shot. Mm-hmm. It's a long time. It is... Well, a long time. Okay, so one more thing happens before that, and that's a Soviet shoulder shows up, um, and he tells the workers they're free to go. Like, they're free. They've been liberated. But they have nowhere to go, which I thought was a pretty, like, poignant right. thing. Yeah. yeah, like, I wouldn't go west. I wouldn't really go east either, I think is what he says. It might yeah. have been north and, and south. I don't and know, but. the Jews are like, where do we go? And the soldier goes, I think there's a town over there? And just points, yeah. and he's like, Go for it. So so then the movie ends, um, and it has... Does this, it? Well, it, w- w- the, this last scene is the survivors of... The, they're called the Schindler Jews, mm-hmm. um, are putting rocks on Schindler's grave, and they're, like, walking with the person who portrays them. Um, I thought this was... And then, it, and then at the very end, after everybody has, like, walked, it you see a rose placed down and then it's far away. So you can't really see who the face is, but it's Liam Neeson. Um, what do you guys think about the scene? I get the emotional aspect of it. And I get that we needed to communicate like over 6,000 descendants exist today. Um, mm-hmm. 6 million people were killed in the Holocaust. I understand all that, but it breaks the illusion of the movie a lot. It's a very in, in theater terms and I'm probably going to fuck it up, but it, it's called Brechtian. It's this guy named Brecht. Yeah. It was his okay. ideas to like remind people that they are watching something. So you would do that by not using like a lot of props or like saying you're in a play or like getting in with the audience or that sort of thing. So this feels like a Brechtian thing to me where it's like, Hey, you just watched the movie. Here are all the actors. This is the guy we were portraying. We're gonna have the guy portray him, put a rose on his grave. 
Um, I don't know if it works for me. Like, I get the emotional thing for me, or, or the emotional thing, but I, I don't know. It just, it makes it all, like, real in a way that, like, yeah, they could have ended the movie, but then, like, I, I honestly didn't until the end of this movie, I'm embarrassed to say, know that it was based on a true story. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, that was, like, actually a really, like, emotional thing that, like, oh, wow, this, all this, like, weight I've been feeling and all this, like, this is, this is real. Schindler wasn't a character made up for a script. This was a person. I, I got it. I didn't know. So, I, I also. That's a fair read. Okay. So, so here's another thing that separates this scene from the rest of the movie. This scene is in color. Yep. Yes. Um, yep. which I think is a good way to separate the like. This is like okay, we're not watching Schindler's List, the the movie with actors anymore. We're watching mm-hmm. like the Schindler Memorial segment. Right. Um, like, and and I do when... like the fact that because watching this, because not only is it their family, but like these people are old now, so they have their descendants yep. helping them to the grave, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see like, oh wow, this is a lot of people that could have died fifty years before. Mm-hmm. But because of this one man, they're alive and their kids are alive. Right. Yeah. It's it's a really cool it's a really cool thought and it's nice to like actually be like, oh wow, these are the people mm-hmm. and this was their life. And yeah. Chandler literally saved their life. And their children's life and their children's life and, yeah. and so yeah. on. I, I But to be fair, if he had sold his car, there would have been two more people. That's huh. true. And then those two people would have had babies and then those two people oh. anyways yeah. um cody let me ask you this at the end of a based on a true story movie when the credits are rolling and they start like showing pictures of the real people is that like a thing does that ruin that's that's during that, the credits though yeah yeah it it, it really does that doesn't because really. like i read it as like being similar to that just much better and less cheesy than that more like sincere and uh, I, th- I think they're on an equal footing in that regard. But I I think your read of it is probably the best because Mark and I knew this was a true story because we had heard it like a billion times probably, but you didn't. I actually didn't know the story that well, but I knew that it was a tr- true story because right. I just knew it was a true story. But like uh, the when it was coming out, I wonder if there were people who didn't know it was a true story and just I'm sure, in. yeah. I mean, there are so, people who literally like deny that the Holocaust happened. We're that far yeah, right. away from it in history that like yeah. most of the survivors are dead now. Or yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. So I think I I think in that regard, that's actually pretty interesting, and it works well to like. G- let people understand the gravity of the yeah. situation. And it truly is um, like a timeless movie, like the way it was filmed. It like lives that way that like 50 to the hundred years from now, someone might watch this movie and have even less context for the history of world war two. And, um, maybe that ending will be surprising for them too. Interesting. Okay. Um, so that's the movie. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about, um, which is such a weird thing, but I, I kept thinking about it. So there, there's scenes that are in the concentration camps, right. And where, you know, um, Goth is on top of his balcony shirtless, polishing his gun and shit like that, mm-hmm. and like shooting at people, that sort of thing. So the movie War for the Planet of the Apes is a hundred percent ripping off the iconography of this movie, which I didn't realize um, because it had been such a while since I watched Schindler's List. But like, the whole thing with that movie is they have the apes in camps. They're making them work, that sort of thing. Which I knew watching the movie then that that was meant to be Holocaust-esque. But mm-hmm. 
this the is whole the new one, right? Yes, the newest yeah. one. Okay. So you're um, are you saying Woody Harrelson is Woody Harrelson shirtless goth. on the balcony shooting at the apes below him, like mm-hmm. shaving his head as he looks at all the misery. That's the kind of iconography that I was like, oh shit, they're pulling this from Schindler's List, which I find is I find it pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily catch it to begin with. Um, obviously they're way different. One of them is a fantasy movie about monkeys. Um, I'm trying to think of a pun chimp chimpler chimpler's list. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Um, but, but it's just interesting because that's like a big summary popcorn movie and they were Mm -hmm. pulling imagery from Schindler's list specifically. Um, okay. So this movie won the Academy award for best picture. Um, the Best Picture Award was actually handed to Steven Spielberg by Harrison Ford, who was and The Fugitive was also nominated. So I thought that was weird that they chose him um, because he's like reading off the names of the nominees and he says The Fugitive, but that movie that's, doesn't win. That's definitely happened before, and I feel like recently. It I feel has, like that's but an I easy always thing. Find it weird. That's an easy thing to prevent, and like they should prevent it. <laughs> yes, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It, really it, but like if the fugitive won and Harrison Ford's up there <laughs> reading it, <laughs> that'd be yeah. weird. It's like, well, oh, Harrison I guess I better Ford stay up here. Up and the award. He didn't direct that movie. Well, yeah, but he, but like, you know, the whole cast and the some more peop, more than one person will come up for stuff like that. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, th- this past year, like the he, entire uh, like crew of La La Land came up and the entire crew of Moonlight came up. So like that apparently is a new thing because I watched the footage of them winning the Oscars for this and it was just the producers. Oh, just the people who produced the movie. Spielberg was a producer, so he got up there. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, the entire cast didn't go up. It's it's interesting. But now it's like literally everybody involved goes up on stage. Um, do we want to talk about some other things nominated uh, or uh, other things winning awards since this is our Academy Awards episode? Do we want to finish talking about Schindler's first? Because I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, yep. Do it fast. But um, you're right. There are a few more things we should talk about. So mm-hmm. so something we mentioned, because it's not necessarily part of the plot synopsis, but there are large portions of this movie that are you know schindler free they're just the stories of just jewish people in the camps like Mm -hmm. the the invasion of the ghetto is just like straight up 30 minutes of just invading the ghetto with no characters that you recognize Mm -hmm. um which is which is really interesting and so when spielberg was making this movie he wanted to make it like a documentary um and that's the reason that they shot a lot of it with handheld cameras. That interesting. That's the reason they shot it with um, black and white is because he wanted it to feel like a 1940s movie. Mm-hmm. And he wanted it to feel like a documentary from that time. Um, yeah, which, which I think works at times. Other yeah. times you can't really tell it's handheld. Um, but I think that that's one of those things I was talking about earlier that I respect the decision. And I think that it succeeds but I think that it is not something that I ever want to see in another movie. Um, yeah. Like, so I think it like, works here it, very well though. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But like, I got very bored during this movie. Like, I think that this movie is hard to watch, not just because it is graphic and horrifically sad, but because like it is super slow. Yeah. There's, there's a lot like the, the idea of spending so much time, 
like in the ghetto with the Jews, um, particularly in that long sequence, um, is a very interesting idea. Could have been shorter. Could have been done yeah. in much less screen time. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And Spielberg definitely decided to make it long. He wanted yeah. that, that he wanted that to be almost unwatchable. Like that's literally a quote from him. He wanted it to be almost unwatchable. Um, yeah, he's definitely trying to put you in like a, a mindset and a state of being, but it is a hard one to be in. Mm-hmm. It's not a fun, like I've seen it twice. I don't need to see it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll get more into our opinions on it when we vote. But um, mm-hmm. I also things- just I also just wanted to point out that when when Zalian wrote this script, he first turned in a hundred fifteen page script, which usually with scripts it's a page a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. Like two hours. Yeah, and Spielberg said this is cool. Um, put eighty more pages in it. I don't know if it, th- he put in a lot more pages of like actual script because like there wouldn't be much of a script for the um the ghetto scene because I think he just like planned that out. Like I uh, on a, on a script page it probably just says like this happens. Like I don't know how much they went into it. No, I I imagine that they did like they would do like yeah, I mean, yes there would be it 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 would but it, like it they wouldn't have like dialogue or like mm-hmm. shot by shot what was happening but mm-hmm. they would be like a family takes their jewelry and puts it in bread and eats the bread in order to save their jewelry a family a little boy runs to all of these hiding places that he knows he can hide from Jews and they're all full yeah um, I guess so maybe. like I think it wouldn't necessarily be shot for shot but there are like individual stories within that that were planned got it. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this movie is it was the fourth highest grossing film of the year, which seems insane to me. It's it's crazy. Because it's a three and a half hour long epic, like, it's about the Holocaust, and it Mm -hmm. was the fourth highest grossing movie of the year. Also, he had the first highest grossing movie of the year. Yeah, it's not fair. Um, what's also crazy is that this movie was aired on NBC without commercials and unedited. Yeah, what? I thought that was insane. Yeah, it was. I, it was the first ever TVMA thing on TV. You know what's insane to me is, and maybe this is just me, but like that's more shocking about the like nudity than it is about the violence that that yeah. was on oh, NBC. No, well, yeah, and which um, is like people that's so people got up, mad about the nudity. You are joking. I'm not. No, I'm not fucking yeah. kidding with you. Like that, we don't like, want our kids watching that. Like the head of NBC had to issue an apology and was like, "Yeah, we probably should have either edited it or uh, run it later in the night." <sighs> Which at that point it would be done at like two in the morning. <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> they probably could have started it at nine o'clock and have it done at two in the morning. Yeah. It's um, fucking long. So, um, let's, so let's, here's here's my last thing. Do you guys want to play the alternate casting game? Jesus Christ! Fast. Um, okay. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> um, for it, I literally only have it for Schindler. Okay, good. Um, uh, Warren Betty. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. I don't um, know. Kevin Costner. Uh, it would make sense, but I don't think so. Mel Gibson. I'm glad he didn't. Well, he also he hates Jewish people. Yeah, he's so. also yeah that would anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, that would have so been the strangest. Like that would have been the strangest. 
thing in the it was already strange in the news all the anti-Semitic right. stuff. But like if he had played Oscar Schindler, and then yeah, would have been okay. a lot. Okay, so I'm, I'm done. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Other Oscar stuff. So Spielberg did win Best Director. Um, mm-hmm. He beat out not really any movies that have like stood the test of time. So like, well, he, in, but but he beat Robert Altman, who was a legendary director. Right, that movie I don't think necessarily was though. Um, it was no. the movie Shortcuts. Um, and uh, Jane Jane Campion, whose name I recognize, the f- the second ever woman nominated for Best Director. Yep, she directed the Piano, which I think is probably the one of these that is the most popular. Uh, the other ones nominated for director were In the Name of the Father and The Remains of the Day, which are movies I've heard of, but they're just not very big. Yeah, I've um, seen The Remains of the Day. It's it's fine. Yeah. Um, I watched it because I didn't want to read the book for a class. Got it. Makes mm, sense. The best reason to watch a movie. Yep. Um, Tom Hanks won um, Best Actor for Philadelphia. He beat Liam Neeson for Schindler's List. Mark, you watched Philadelphia recently? Yeah, that movie is amazing. Um, oh. I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And Tom Hanks absolutely deserved that Oscar. Okay. That's interesting because I do think Liam Neeson's very good in this. Um, yeah. So, Best Actress was Holly Hunter in The Piano. Uh, best Supporting Actor we've talked about before was Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Uh, I'd like fugitive. to talk about that a little more because in our Fugitive episode, I yeah. gave Tommy Lee Jones a lot of credit. I was like, oh, that's the first time we've ever seen him do his thing. It should have won. Yeah. Hey, Ralph Fiennes, Rafe Fiennes, whatever the hell his Rafe name Fiennes. is, Rafe. Yeah. Rafe Fiennes uh, should have won because he was amazing in this movie. Like, yeah, it's it's insane. It's literally also, insane that Tommy Lee Jones won for that role over. I will agree with you there. Rafe. Um, and also Leonardo DiCaprio for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Like that's odd too that The Fugitive beat that. Like those are two pretty excellent performances. Not that he, Tommy Lee Jones is bad in The Fugitive. It's just very confusing. Sure, but if Rafe's only scene was the gun jam scene, he should have won yeah. Best Supporting Actor. I, I agree. Have you seen Gilbert Grape? No. Uh, D- DiCaprio's very good in that movie. Yeah, he um, won his Oscar. I don't very... care. Oh, God. He already won. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. And yeah, he won I for about... the, the Revenant. Yeah, I forgot about all the memes around him. So, Best Supporting Actress was Anna Paquin, a.k.a. Rogue, um, for The Piano. She was the second youngest winner ever. Um, and then Schindler's List got Best Adapted Screenplay. So, it won three of the, like, top-tier Oscars and probably won a couple more. Um, so, did pretty well. Um, do So, now, I guess. Um, so, it won, it won at the Academy Awards. It has been recognized by history as the best picture of 1993. But here on Best Pictures, we don't necessarily go by what the Academy wants. We don't necessarily also pick what is the best made movie. We pick with our hearts here. We're we're hearty Philly boys. Um, so we're going to vote um, our previous Best Picture uh, winner of 1993 for us was Jurassic Park. I'm so a now dinosaur. we're in a dino world. So it's Spielberg versus Spielberg, which is just how Cody likes it. Um, that sweet so, Spielberg on Spielberg action. Yep. Mm. So, so uh, I'll go first. Hi, uh, Cody. This is the uh, the Academy again. I had a question uh-huh. for you. No, I don't want to talk to you. But uh, I'll, I'll talk to you, Academy. N- thank, thank you, uh, Cod, is it? Yes, Cod Olivier. Um, um, do I get a vote? 
Yes. No, you absolutely do not. You All do right, not. that's fine. Um, okay, so I'll go first. Um, so I enjoy Schindler's List. I do like it a lot. It's a very well-made movie. Holy fuck, it's hard to watch. It, it's it's hard to watch because of content matter, but then also the three... I, I know we sound like whiny boys talking about how long it is, but fuck, it's long. And it feels long because it's just so, like disturbing and uh, oppressive which i understand is the point like don't get me wrong i get it like i know that that's what it's trying to do but it's not necessarily an enjoyable experience um i think it's well made i think the choices that are made in it are smart i think the acting is great but you know we have marks going to buy a dvd test we have like just pulling from the heart test and Jurassic Park is a movie that I can throw on basically whenever. Like, I am going to make sure my kids see Jurassic Park when they're young. I'll make them see Schindler's List when they're older. Much uh, older. Much, much older. older. But Jurassic Park is a movie I can watch basically any time. So, like, th- that, and that, I think, is kind of the idea behind Best Pictures, which I hope doesn't disappoint people. But our whole point is we're picking our favorite movies. Um, and to me, Jurassic Park park is definitely that for me so uh that's my vote uh whoever wants to go next i went because it was easy for me um but i'll i'll go because i'm afraid my vote will be um irrelevant after mark goes um i'm gonna vote schindler's list uh i like jurassic park a lot i think it i think you're right cody that it is a more fun movie to watch um but Schindler's List has some of like my what I think are like some of the best fi- filmed scenes ever. Uh, a couple that stand out in my mind is like when the child is running away, at, when the Nazis are like taking the children away from their mothers. Uh, and there's this one child we're following as he's looking for a place to hide, and kids are telling him like get lost, get lost, and then he literally uh, crawls into a toilet into a big pile of shit. And there's children down there that tell them like, "Hey, you you can't you can't hide here." Like they're fighting for the shithole, um, literally shithole. Um, and then the I mentioned the gun jam scene earlier, just like that whole sequence of like making the hinge, knowing that um, Goth would have killed that Jew no matter like like if he took too long making the hinge, he would have killed him. If and then when he was too fast and he didn't have a big enough pile of hinges. He, get, he was going to try to kill him. And then the gun jam and just like him losing his power, freaking out and just hitting him. And it's great. It's it's great performances. It's great. Just I, I love this movie. Uh, it's, it is too long. Much too long. That's my biggest gripe. That's why it's four four stars instead of five stars. But I love it. I will say Chad's a dirty, rotten cheater and did watch this movie in two sections, which I that is true. I think. I do think you would have picked this movie regardless. So I don't judge you for that. Like everybody's opinions are valid. I, I do wonder though, if I had a much harder time though, cause I was trying to do it in one sitting. Possibly. I know I, I had to call it quits early one night cause I had to make it to rehearsals with Mark, um, to go over our lines right. for this podcast. Right, uh, which we nailed again. Uh, again, we're continuing to nail as I read this line off of the script um, because this has all been a theatrical performance. Um, right. So that's that's how Cody knew I would probably pick Schindler's List is because I'm <laughs> literally I'm reading reading this line right now. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. But but I picked Schindler's List and it was easier to watch in two parts probably. 
Yeah. You know, my favorite thing about the script is how often we interrupt each other and it's just like seamlessly written like side by side that we talk at the yeah, same time. Yeah, it's Mumblecore AF. Um, <laughs> yeah. Except Mumblecore is usually improvised. Um, Mark got you there, Chad. T- he fucking burned you. Um, well, I had like a three month h- hardcore mumble f- Mumblecore phase sophomore year of college. I'm glad you're over it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I will maintain that I... Drinking Buddies is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's sure. the good one. That's the good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what? Oh, my turn. Um, yeah, dipshit. I think that if we were voting about the original 115 page version of this movie, I would have a much Damn different it, opinion. I know where this is going. <laughs> Hey, what did we're you all, fucking expect? We're all good sports here, Chad. We are all good sports. We yeah. support each other in our decisions. This is a positive podcast. Despite I... how many times we tell each other to fuck off and <laughs> we're idiots and stuff. We 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 support each other in our decisions. You're I right. Think that Dinosaurs movie, are better. I think this that this movie is simultaneously a very good documentary or not. It's not a documentary because it's... Whoa, 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 whoa. Is this a mockumentary? No, that, it's not. It's Hot stop. take. Shut Schindler's List Shut is the down. best mockumentary. Shut it down. If you think about um, it, it's actually a TV show miniseries <laughs> because it's Cut. so fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. You may have me there. Um, this is this is at the same time like a great like document showing how horrific the Holocaust was. And just showing the like uh, the horrific, like amazing atrocities committed against the, the Jewish people, and it's also a really great, compelling story about a man who tries, who like has a, a change of heart and tr- saves, does his best to save all that he can. Yeah, therefore, um, it's the best movie of the year. It's it's two good movies combined into one overstuffed movie. Um, I think that this movie. It's just like, it's so, it's not, if it had been a long movie, if it had had three hours of plot in this three hour movie, I might be okay with it. Um, But it had two hours of plot in a three hour movie and it. it, Three and a half. uh, It's closer to three and a half. I'm sorry. Yeah. So this is a two hour movie with, with a hour and a half documentary spliced in between it. Now Mark. Um, but uh, I'm gonna let you finish and vote, obviously. But remember yeah. how much you hated the Nidri storyline in Jurassic <laughs> okay. Park. Okay, <laughs> yeah, the fucking five second one. Well, comparatively, <laughs> to be fair, it was very unnecessary. If I remember <laughs> what Mark said correctly. Hey, Chad, let's let people vote. Let's not it try to sway them as they go. It was very unnecessary, but when it cut back to the plot that I care about, I didn't have to think like, okay. So where are we in the plot? Because it didn't take twenty minutes to to cover that scene. Um, I I think that this is a good movie. I think that it is it is an important movie. Yeah, I don't think that this is a movie that I like. Yeah, I think I I I didn't cover that enough in mine, but uh, when I was talking about it, but I, I agree with Mark. It is important. People need to see it, and I think it's a good. I think it's good. It won Best Picture, but. If this is us picking our favorite movies, then I'm gonna lean towards Jurassic Park. Um. Yeah, I mean, I it's one of those things where, like, thinking about this year, what I've 
Would I have rather this movie be Philadelphia, which I think is also a very important movie? Mm-hmm. Um, watching that recently, I probably would. If I had watched that before we started this podcast, I probably would have picked that instead of The Fugitive. But that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I think that this movie could have beaten, like, in a purely which is a better and more watchable film? Is it a better movie? I don't think so. But should it have won Best Picture? Yes, it should have. Yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, will it win Best Picture for us? No, it will not. I vote Jurassic Park. <laughs> okay, so those are our votes. And I should have told you guys I was going to do this beforehand, but I, it's fucking jazz, baby. Ryan Gosling came up to me and was like, yo, motherfucker, you want to do jazz? I'm the only person who knows how to. And so he taught me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to improv it. Um, so we've talked about four movies, right? As our best picture, uh, selections, those movies to review are Jurassic Park, Days and Confused, The Fugitive and Schindler's List. So the podcast official answer for what the best movie of 1993 is, is, I mean, we'll say it at the end, but it's Jurassic Park. But what I want to know from you guys is if you have to rank all four, what order would you guys rank them in? Yeah, I got mine ready. Okay, Chad? Um, Dazed is still my number one. Love that movie. Schindler at number two, Jurassic Park at three, and The Fugitive at four. But I love all four so much. Yeah, I want that to be clear. Well, I actually don't love Dazed and Confused, but I love the other three a lot. Mark, you go. Um, Mine are the order that we talked about them Um, because – so that, that puts – so. Uh, Jurassic Park 1, Days days 2, Fugitive 3. Um, and based on pure watchability and do I, Mark Watlington, like this movie, I would put um, Schindler's List at 4. Interesting. So- I, again, I like this movie. I do not come close to loving this movie. I gave this movie 3.5 stars on Letterboxd, which is what I gave The Babysitter. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's also what I gave because they're basically the same movie. It's also <laughs> what I gave Meyerwitz stories though. So, yeah, um, I would rank it Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, The Fugitive, Days and Confused would be my ranking. Um, which is interesting. We all have different rankings. You which got is, your Spielberg boys at the top. I do. Spielboys. Um, well, hey, can we just can we just pause for one second? Spielberg had a fucking year, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he did. Can I pour myself a shot real quick? (laughs) Yeah. Had a fucking legendary year. Hey, what does the doc say about this year? What do you mean? The documentary. What what, what else does it have to say about the year? Mark was getting a shot ready. I I figured you were about to talk um, about the documentary. I don't know. Like... The the best part of the documentary is when it's like nope. talking about E.T. Um, because I started crying legitimately watching him direct E.T. Um, because I am a Spielberg fanboy and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But um, okay, so those are our rankings. Um, so we would love to hear what you guys think. Um, and you can do that by um, joining our Best Pictures Facebook group. You literally just search Best Pictures Facebook group. Um, and join it. We talk about movies there. Um, we talk about the movies that we talk about, but also some random ones sometimes. Um, keep up with what people are watching, that sort of thing. Um, I want to see people post in that Facebook group 
um, in these two weeks before we release our next episode about the Razzie picture, which we'll talk about in a second, I want to hear people's picks for best picture that we didn't talk about. Yes, I would love to hear that because there are a lot we missed because we can only cover four. I've been spending this week trying to catch up with movies from 1993 that I hadn't seen before. For example, I watched Searching for Bobby Fischer and um, Philadelphia this week. I watched Hocus Pocus. That was my attempt to catch up. Sounds Um, like Cody, you should watch Philadelphia because it's for real incredible. I know. I will. Uh, Hocus Pocus, not good. Hot take. Um, um, Yeah, so I would love for people to do that. Um, Please, 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 please follow us on Twitter. You can find us at WePickPicks. That's W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S. If you're loving our show, tweet about it. Tell people, let your friends know, add and, them to the Facebook group. Use the hashtag and, Best Pictures Pod. And, and rate and review us on iTunes. Please. I, a lot of you guys have done that already. Would love if to see more. If you think we're five stars, give us five stars. If you think we're one star, give us five stars. <laughs> exactly. Just like that. Um, so tweet about the show, Best Pictures Pod hashtag. Um, we like. We want to see people talking about it. Share it with your friends. I think that the show will grow, um, obviously, as more people listen to it. But the experience of it will grow as more people are like talking about the movies they like and their thoughts on the movies we talk about. So I think that's a very cool thing that has already started to happen, and I would just love to see it uh, grow even more. Um, I want to do a shout-out because I have been terrible about this um, beforehand. But our theme song that you hear every time was done by my good friend Jared Borders. So thank you, Jared, for doing that. Um, Thanks, Jared. So thanks, Jared, and also thanks for letting me sleep in your apartment that one summer where I didn't have a place to stay in Auburn. Yeah, it was also Cody's apartment. Yep. but still. Um. So, Mark, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Um. Yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Watlington Mark, and I'm on Letterboxd at Mark zero zero one four, which I will probably change at some point. Mark, apparently you have to pay money to change it because I've fucking oh, tried well. to change mine. It's in beta. We'll once we change it, we'll change ours. I promise uh, you that. This this just in. I'm not changing mine. <laughs> I will change mine once <laughs> it's it's out of beta and I don't have to pay for it anymore. Okay. Um, Chad, where can people find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at Chad A. Oliver. Yeah, he did it right on Letterboxd. He didn't fuck up like me mm-hmm. and Mark did. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Lunsford underscore. Um, and then my letterbox is C underscore Luns. That's with a Z because I'm cool. C underscore Luns 93. Uh, follow us on Letterboxd. I have the official best pictures um, letterbox under mine. Um, it'll tell you the movies that we've watched. And each um, movie will also link out to the episode um, where we talk about it. Um, so that is a cool thing. Our next movie next week or in two weeks, we're talking about what won the worst film of all time at the Razzie. Whoa, 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 whoa. Worst movie of the year, not all time. Worst movie of the year, correct. Cody, when you told me that we should watch the Razzies, um, what what did I tell you that it was? I think I told you that it was an indecent proposal. Yep. Um, <laughs> so the movie we're watching is Indecent Proposal. And get it? Do you get the joke I made? Yes, I get it. And okay. uh, um, Oh, like, like as in we shouldn't do the Razzies. The, pro- the proposal indecent. of watching the Razzies was indecent. That was, the, that was what I was doing. And also the but also movie. the joke being that the film that won the Razzie 
is also called indecent proposal. Yeah, it's but a, the it's very a joke proposal to watch said movie was indecent in itself. Was the joke being made? Exactly, it's mm-hmm. got multiple levels. Um, <laughs> exactly two levels, really. <laughs> Okay, shut the fuck up, you idiots. Um, Indecent Proposal, you can find it on Hulu and Amazon Prime if you want to watch along with us. That's what I want to do. It's free on Amazon Prime? Mm hmm. Hell yeah. And also on Hulu. So you can watch along with us. I'm going to start trying to be better about telling you guys how to watch it. Sometimes you'll have to rent it um, from Amazon or iTunes, but if it's on Netflix. uh, If you didn't uh, know, Schindler's List was on Netflix. Um, Schindler's List was on Netflix. After listening to this episode, if you hadn't watched it yet, you can go watch it now. So if you want to watch along with us, by no means feel like you have to. I think we explain it well enough that you can follow along. But if you want to watch along with us, you can on Hulu and Amazon for Indecent Proposal. I'm just going to call this shot now. If you're listening to this and it's not like within three months of us releasing this podcast, it's probably not anymore. Don't get mad at us. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If you listen to this and it's like three months and it's not on Netflix, don't like tweet at us. Like, we don't at, fucking All we're saying, as of October tw- <laughs> 20th, 23rd, 23rd is when this episode is coming out. You know, I'm not yeah. even going to make that promise. As of the 18th, <laughs> the day we record this, it's on Netflix. Right. Watch it. Um, it's good, but it, not as good as Jurassic Park, apparently. Schindler's List is what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, Indecent Proposal is on Hulu and Amazon Prime. Yes. <laughs> Hulu on Amazon. We are losing the plot. Um, it's going to get horny. We know that. We know like most of the Razzie movies we talk about are going to be weirdly horny. Um, they're going to be weirdly horny until they're going to turn into Adam Sandler movies. What, Mark? Like, like Razzie's, Razzie's turn from weirdly horny to Adam Sandler movies, like early 2010s. Yeah, and then Hillary's America one year, which we probably won't cover. We'll pick a different <laughs> Ooh, movie. Yeah, um, good call. I don't yeah. want to watch some Dinesh D'Souza shit. Yeah, me either. The only uh, Souza I like is John Philip. Souza. <laughs> I'm going to just let you live in that, Mark, because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't either. <laughs> he wrote you. He wrote band music. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Um, okay, let's wrap it up. Um, That's so remember, what she said, condoms. Thank you. Um, like we like to remind you on every episode. Use condoms. Use, use protection. <laughs> um, so please, please, please go to the Facebook group. Please tell your friends. Well, now you're making us sound desperate. Please end this episode. And please, we'll end this episode. Um, but thanks for all the response so far, honestly. It's been awesome. Um, okay, so let's end this episode. Hey, uh, I, I don't want to start it off. Somebody else do it. Hey, Cody. What up? What's the best movie of 1993? Um, well, it's a movie that features the greatest character of all time, Mr. DNA, and that is the film Jurassic Park. Hey, Mark. Wait. <laughs> I want Chad to do it last. Hey, Mark, what's the best picture of 1993? Um... Uh, well, it's a movie featuring um, uh, an unnecessary plot. Uh-huh. Um, Jurassic Park. Fuck Nedry. Hey, Chad. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Hey, Chad. Yeah. Oh, yes, Cody? Both of you? Mm-hmm. What's, What's the best movie, the best of, movie 1993? of 1993? Oh, um, probably Jurassic Park. Hey, Academy? Oh, yeah? What's the best? What's the best movie in 1993? Um, the well, 
See, I'm conflicted here. <laughs> because I, I am on the record as saying it's Schindler's List, but after reviewing it, it's probably Jurassic Park. Thanks, Academy. Um, no problem. <laughs> thank you all for listening. And remember, did your prick fall off? Um, and he tried to get Scorsese to make it, and Scorsese, 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 and Sc